Coming to you from Byron, Mississippi, it's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. We continue with 21 Ways. We invite your attention to our signature verse, we call it. It's on our cross wall, Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. 21 Ways and uh, to be fit in 21. If you're able today, would you stand with us and honor God's Word? You will find this verse on the cross wall uh, on, the, on one side. We have another verse on the other wall as the cross is filled up that one. It's over 180 crosses. If you have not participated in that, we invite you to. There's some great stories that I could tell you about uh, many of those crosses. Uh, we, lo- we lost a dear person in our church just a couple of weeks ago. And um, I'll never forget the day being in their home years ago when they said, this is our cross wall. This is what we want. This is our cross. We want to go on the cross wall. And I could walk out there today and find it. And there's a lot of stories. A three-year-old who's now close to a teenager, probably preteen, told her mama she wanted to do a cross. And uh, they took two pieces of wood, put them together, made a cross, and she took crayons and now over these years, it's probably the number one cross somebody asks us about when somebody's walking through the hall. Said, hey, where'd that cross come from? A three-year-old put crayons to a cross, and that's her cross. And uh, on and on the stories go. But today we want to highlight that. And I don't think there's a better verse that captures this of who we are in Christ and what we're supposed to be doing in Christ than verse number 24 of Matthew 16. Here it is. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. I simply ask for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours. And most of all, every one of us would walk in obedience to what we hear. And uh, God, realizing today that we need to keep it simple. In all the complexity of this world and ever-changing things around us, the uncertainty, Lord, for us to come back to the certain basics and the disciplines that you have for us. And God, will be careful to give you the praise and the glory for what you do. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Again, thank you for joining us in whatever format that you are today. Today we conclude a month look at 21 Ways, though 21 Ways will be an emphasis for the entire year, uh, the sermons themselves. And today I really want to summarize. I want to rein in everything that we've said, uh, leave you with just basics of what it's about, and uh, go from there. Uh, several years ago, I had an epiphany in my life. Uh, that's a 50-cent word for come, uh, having a coming-to-Jesus moment. My youngest sister and her family were visiting from, uh, from here, from Mississippi, and, and were coming over to our house to Georgia. They were, stayed, they were going to stay at our house for about a day, and then we were going to make the pilgrimage together over to my mother's for Thanksgiving. It was the Wednesday of Thanksgiving. My brother-in-law is also a pastor. He, he loved to deer hunt, so we went deer hunting on a Wednesday morning, the Wednesday morning of, uh, of Thanksgiving week. And uh, when we came back to Mahara, we came over the hill to the house where we lived. There was traffic everywhere. There was just unbelievable things. You could tell something was wrong. There was a vehicle out in the middle of the road that had been devastated. And uh, didn't know at the time, but I'll just tell you the short of it. My nephew, uh, he has a twin brother, and uh, he they, those two young guys, and Zane, who was about three, were playing ball out in the yard with a tennis ball, and when they threw the tennis ball, one of them missed it, and it rolled down the driveway and went into the road. At that time, it was a two-lane, but they were constructing a four-lane highway, very busy street where we lived, and uh, 
when they went, the two twins were running to go get the ball. Zanish stayed back in the yard. And a, a vehicle was coming, a van, and she saw the first twin. And they slowed down some. But about the time they thought they were fixing to pass and they were looking at this boy, they didn't realize that the, his brother was right beside him. And in a moment, he ran out not realizing, not being able to see past his brother. He ran out in front of the van. He never saw it. The, the van tried to swerve and ended up clipping him and rolling him up on the hood and, I mean, up on the top of the vehicle, they said. I, I got an eyewitness account later on that I really didn't want to hear. <laughs> Threw him some 25 feet up in the air, and he landed in the middle of the, of the medium where they were building the four-lane. That started an unbelievable epiphany in my life, a come-to-Jesus time. Why, Lord, less than a day they were going to be at my house, some 22, 23 hours. Why would this happen at my house? The, the uncertainty of life and death, the horror of seeing a sister and, and uh, feeling all that pain, and, and still yet now over 20 years later, there's still some of that emotion can come up when you tell the story. The reason I tell you that is it began something for me very unique in life, is that when you come go through something like that, and all of us have been there and are going through those kind of times now even, um, you have these moments that are these epiphanies when you realize, wait a second, you, you reduce all these things that seem to be important and all these things and, and you boil it down. The country fellow said you boil the cabbage down to the point that you get down to what's really important. And out of that time, just share with you briefly, this is what I came up with. It's the preacher. I mean, it's three things. It was in a, a chapel is where it started when I was asking the Lord, why, what, what are you up to? Why are we going through this? When I would go into the visitation time for, for several days, they didn't even know if he would live. His name's Stephen. And working through all that, I remember I came up with this. And you can just write this down. Not, I don't think it's going to be on the screens. But this was my epiphany. This was my coming to Jesus moment of boiling down to what really matters. This is what really matters. A personal, this is what matters. Number one, a personal relationship with Jesus matters. That is, I believe, when I coined the saying, when it's all said and done, all that's going to matter is what was said and done with Jesus. There's a lot of things that we say are important today, but really when it comes down to it, it's, it's not. Because in those moments is when you have real clarity in your life. The second thing I would say, not only a personal relationship with Christ, but people matter. I saw a fresh and a new way. All of a sudden, I was on the other side of the bed. I now had church and community that were asking me how my nephew was doing and how I was doing. And, and it was a major time, and we've all been there. And if you're in the service business, if you're in that, you're a nurse or you're a doctor or you're in that world and you're always on one side of the bed, it's different when you're on the other side, if you know what I'm talking about, if you're in that world. And for me now, I was on the other side and I saw that people truly matter. And when you, all this other stuff, we run after to have something, you know, and we think we got to have this and have that. And, and we find out that relationships are more important than we ever thought when we go through those times. And then the third thing is, is purpose. Rick Warren is, is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire because he wrote one book, and it's called Purpose Driven Life. And there's this thing within every one of us that God made us to do something with what we have. And it's not just to exist. It's not just to bounce around aimlessly in life. God has purpose for our life, and God clarified a lot of things for me through that episode. I took the time to tell you that because many times we need to simplify our life. We live in such a day and age where we run this rat race world that we're in and all these things. And if there's one thing COVID has done for me, it's, it's reminded me of some of this. That you need to walk slowly through the crowd. You need to spend more time checking on people. You need to realize what really matters. 
You need to have more time when you're near to the Lord, and God needs to be near to you because we need Him in times like this. So this acronym that's been around forever in my life is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. But I've redone it. I don't like the word stupid. It's not really a word that we try to use in our home. So, so I changed it, and I changed it to keep it simple, simple. And what I mean by that is a lot of times in our life, and we'll talk more about this in a few minutes, is we love something new, but when it's new, we got to have something else. And I want to encourage you today that when it gets old and mundane, I want you to come back to the simplicity of what you hear today and what you've been hearing about these 21 ways. They work, guys. They truly work if we'll allow God to work through our lives with them. But when I think about KISS, Right off the bat, there's just some things that come to mind when you think about that word. And the first thing that comes to mind is this. Now, I thought I would be socially correct today and make sure that if you're kissing somebody, you need to have a mask on. I tried that with Suzanne. It just tasted sort of cloth-like. I I don't really know. But, But I found that, and when I think of the word kiss, there's something else that comes to mind. There they are, paint and all. Never was a, a Kiss fan. I don't know, not one single song. I asked Suzanne, and she told me one. So I redeemed Suzanne when I married her. But when I think about Kiss, that comes to mind. Another thing comes to mind when I think about Kiss, I think about the old kissing booth. You know, man, we can't do that anymore. COVID took care of that, didn't it? No more bobbing apples at the Fest Fall Festival, no more of that. But the old kissing booth for 25 cents. And then one more, I started my 2,100 calories several weeks ago, have watched it, not been over 2,100 calories any day. What comes to mind with me is a Hershey kiss. If you have a milk allergy, you know what I'm talking about. There's something about not being able to have milk chocolate. I do think we're going John Maxwell said it. I was at a conference, and he said, guys, I want to tell you all something. And all of us guys in leadership, we slid up on the edge of our seat like he was fixing to give us some great truth. And he said, I, 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 I just want to tell you all something. He said, I believe that everything about me, what's bad for you over here and you're not supposed to eat, we're going to have all of it we want in heaven. And that was his great truth that he wanted to give us. Well, I'm hoping my milk allergy goes away when I get to heaven. And I'm not going to have one of those little bitty ones that my fumble fingers can't open. I want that big one that comes in the little box. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You with me now? But the kiss I want to talk about today is keep it simple, simple. Again, when you know it, keep it simple. When it gets old, keep it simple. We're in a good place to understand this. I just found this just surfing, and I think it makes so much sense because we got to have something new and fresh and all this. And I love this quote. It says, life is not as simple as you think. It's simpler. And many people today get really, they get sideways with this because we live in such a complex world and so much technology and so much innovation and and, but we really need to come back to the simple things. And I guarantee if you think about your life, if there's been times that you've gotten away from the Lord to get back where you needed to, you got back to the simple things. You didn't go create and invent something new. You came back to the basics in your life. I guarantee you in other parts of your life, if something went on, something happened, maybe had a health condition and the doctor, what did the doctor tell you? He didn't tell you to go be more complex, did he? He told you to come back to simple things. So we need to keep it simple, simple. And uh, let me share what the Word says about this today. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, it says, The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Pretty simple, isn't it? Man's the one that's played with this. Man's the one that's come up with all these good works, and you can be this, and you can be that, and, 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 and it'll work out, and the balance scales way in your favor. That's not what the Word says. The Word says that the person that has life has the Son. And the person that doesn't have the life doesn't have the son. So we have a relationship with him. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 says, Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, love is not boastful, it's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Boy, 1 Corinthians 13 knows the love chapter, and we're just embarking tomorrow on, the, on, the February, on February. You know what? If we live by 1 Corinthians 13, we'd have a much better world, wouldn't we? Some hard things to live by. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. You know, I want to remind you that Solomon wrote this. Solomon, most wealthy man that's ever walked on this earth. He had figured it out in another place. He said that I've realized that all the stuff I've got and all the stuff I run after is just vanity and vexation of spirit. Mm. Sounds like, you know, you either have a good life and resting in what God has for us, or we have a, heart, a life full of heartache trying to run after it. Proverbs 13, 7 says, one, one person pretends to be rich and has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but has abundant wealth. Hmm. And then the last, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. So many things we run after today. And you know what? We're going to leave them to someone else. Y'all might remember a couple years ago that we, had the, we did the sermon where I found, I actually found a picture of a hearse that had a U-Haul behind it. Y'all remember that? Uh, I have that saved. I, I thought, we'd, you know, there's an old country song that you can't take any, any of that stuff with you, but there was actually somebody that did that as a prank. They put a U-Haul behind a hearse, which is not going to happen. When we talk about main things, what are the main things? I already given you mine and, and how that adjusted my life, but for you today, when I think about what are the main things, staff, we talked about this some, maybe close to three months ago, says this, when it when it's all comes down to it, the number one thing is people knowing Christ. We need to say that again and again because it seems like the goalpost have been turned and the goal line and the, the home run has been changed. It seems like you say it in this world. But people knowing Christ, 1 John 5, 12 again shows you that, that he that has the Son has life, life in Christ. Uh, I've said it, and I've already said it today, but when it's all said and done, all that will matter is what was said and done with Jesus. When I stand in front of the Lord, long before my crown, long before accountability, long before anything else, I'm going to heaven today, and I'm assured for heaven today as if I was already there, not because of who Jay is or his calling or anything else he's done. I'm going because I've trusted him. But also, I want you to understand today, when you talk about people knowing Christ, it's more than just knowing him, just in salvation. I think the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you know his nature, the more you know how to respond and act and react, the more you know his voice. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Our society took our former vice president to task some months ago because he commented in a public sector that God speaks to him. And they had a heyday with that and joked and poked fun. But I want you to know today that if God doesn't speak to us, we can't be converted. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Revelation 3.20. So we know that, to know that to be saved, we talk about that. But also there's a uniqueness in the salvation. He told Zacchaeus, Jesus was having this conversation. Y'all remember the story, right? Zacchaeus was a very short individual, and he couldn't see over the crowd, so he climbed up in the sycamore tree. And it says that when Jesus passed by, he told Zacchaeus to come down. I'm going to your house today. But Jesus made a statement out of that whole scenario that I want to key in on today, that it's more than just knowing him as my Savior. And I put that aside like a relic or some kind of trophy up on the counter or up on the mantel. But it's a relationship with knowing him, knowing his nature and his voice. He said this to Zacchaeus. He said, today salvation has come to your house. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I am salvation. 
Jesus was saying, I am come to your house today. And I trust today, whether you're listening and virtually or you're here today, I trust that God has come to your house. It's not a moral code. I think the morals take place afterwards. It is a condition. Matthew 7, 23, one of the saddest, if not the saddest verse in all the Word of God to me. It says, on that day, Jesus will say unto them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. I never knew you. That in the original language, that, ver- that word knew has a connotation of intimacy to it. I don't know you. Hmm. So this is where we are. Got, number one, what the main thing is that people need Christ. People know, knowing Christ is number one. Secondly, not only knowing Christ, but living the life after you come to know him. It's living the life after salvation. See, in God, God still compels us, even though in this day of everybody seeker-sensitive and everybody fit in and let's don't stick out, God's called us to stick out. He's called us to live separate lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, Come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. And in this day and age, that's so difficult. People don't want to hear that. They, it says in the last days they'll have itching ears. We want to feel good. We want to, and, and, and I like for people to feel good. I like for people to laugh. I like for people to understand. But you've got to preach truth. And so when you talk about what the main things are, it's knowing Christ. Secondly, it's living the life. I said it's like a vehicle is a great analogy. You can have it. You can, have, you can own it. But if you never use it, what good is it? What good is a vehicle if it just sits in the driveway and is never used? It's never taken somewhere. It never, it never produces anything, but you have it. It's the same thing with someone saying they know Christ, but yet they don't live the life. It's the same thing that says Jesus resides in me, but yet he doesn't have an effect on this temple and this house and the way that I live, living the life. See, there's a right way to drive and there's a wrong way to drive, and we've seen both, haven't we? The right way in the vehicle we would call righteousness is the right way to live. But then God gives us a choice that we can live the wrong way. We can make the wrong choice. We can make the wrong turn. We can go the wrong direction. And you know what's amazing? God loves us enough to let us do that. Volition is a 50-cent word, but it means God gave us choice in the matter, living the life. And then the third thing, when you talk about the main thing, and think about this now, it's, it's people knowing Christ. That's the main thing. When it's all said and done, that's going to matter most of all. Secondly, it's living the life. And the third thing to remember, it's affecting others. Huh. Jesus called us salt and light. I love, I, I study it often, I read it often. The Sermon on the Mount, I refer to it often. But Jesus did some phenomenal teaching in Matthew 5 through 7. I would, I would challenge you if you say, I'd, I'd like something good to read. Go read that next week in your devotionals. I mean, just take some time and let it saturate you. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount called you and me as followers of his salt and light. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He didn't say you can be if you want to be or sometimes your bulb's going to be burnt out. Sometimes you're not going to taste too good. He said, you are. And the point I want to make today and just extract out a thought about this light thing is, is a verse found in the Sermon on the Mount when he said this. I want to show it to you. Matthew 5, 16, he said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The reason our light shines, look, our light doesn't just shine so that God sees it and God says, that's great, Jay. But my light shines so that other people will see that in my life. And not in an ego, it's not in, hey, look at me, because if they see the light, then the light is representative of Jesus, the light in my life, and therefore it's given credit in the right way. We call that around here serving. And I want to show you something. We'll move very quickly, but... 
how does the 21 ways fit? I just did a little thing, and this is after the fact. Four of them directly deal with salvation, directly. And uh, nine of them deal with separation. Nine of the 21 deal with living the life. And then eight of them deal directly with serving or loving others for Christ. And so it's a, neat, it's a neat thing. It's a neat model. It's a neat thing to say, hey, just work that out. Uh, and uh, it's been a great thing for ones that I've heard as well as my own life. That's why I want to close. And it will not take long, and I'm telling you the truth today, okay? Where does, where does KISS, where does, where does keep it simple, simple really figure into our life? And let me give you some background of the day we live in. Our society today is set up for stress, not simplicity. It's set up that way. What you going to do for a living? What you going to do with this and all the different issues that we have in our world? Stress is there. It's just how much of it do you want to bite off? And see, yet God comes along, and I believe it. God wants us to live a simple life. And some say, Brother Jay, with all the things going on, how in the world can we live simple? Where it's almost like the 21 ways. If my relationship with the Lord is what it needs to be, it is the umbrella that covers the rest of it. What would Jesus do is the bracelet that people still wear. Because that's the umbrella that helps me make the right decision. How would I do this? How would I respond? What decision do I need to make? When it seems complex, I need to come back to the simplicity of my relationship with the Lord. See, it's like this. Somebody's got a major decision to make, and they're not spending much time or any time with the Lord. How will they be guaranteed of the wisdom God wants them to have if they're not giving God his proper place in their life? You with me now? See, I'm not saying that, okay, you dig in here, and it's got every answer that you need. But what it does have is a condition that we can be where we need to be with God so that when the decisions of life come along, God can speak it into our life because the connection is there. Got to move on. Here's the deal. Our world is only validated by complex things, not common. You know what I mean by that? I don't know if you price vehicles lately, but it's unbelievable. You know what I hear people say just a little older than me? Cars cost more than my first house cost. I heard somebody say the other day, a pickup truck today is twice as much as my first house cost. The day and age we live, we live in this complex thing. They have to put $5,000 options on, on, on vehicles. There's got to be a little thing that lights up and says, somebody's over here to your side. You're fixing to run into them if you move. <laughs> I mean, they got to put all these cameras on it, you know. We, do, we, we don't, might not can see where we're going, but we sure have seen where we just came from, can't, don't we? And, this, in this, and the point I want to make in, in this complex world, in this innovative world, and we got this invention and that invention, it's so easy for us to get caught up in all the complexities and we lose out on some common things that God wants us to have in our life. The scripture says there's no new thing. We got to come back to what we know. See, even mastery, even when you get something, I mean, you got the latest. You know what I'm talking about? Man, they come out with something, you got to have it. I mean, we got to have the latest trinket, we got to have the latest technology, and maybe the one we had is working just fine, but it's not the latest. But you know what we do with mastery? As soon as we find something that's the best, it won't be long before it's mundane. Have you ever noticed that? Because I believe with everything about me that there's a commonness that God wants us and a simplicity that God wants us to have in our life. The cross reminds me of this. Watch this. I've said this for years. The cross reminds me. Look, you got the vertical. It's about him. It's about Jesus Christ in my life. Watch this now. And you got the horizontal, which is them. I'm at least third in any prayer I pray because it's about him and it's about them. So see, God brings us back to just some, just some neat things in our own individual lives. And one more. Listen, this is a good one. 
God promises us rest. You know that? Hmm? Even in the, the craziness of this world, God promised us rest. And I'm not talking about the beach or the mountains. <laughs> I'm not talking about vacation. God promised us a, an inward rest even in the midst of all the chaos going on. But listen to me. He didn't promise us a ripping and running world. You can't rip and run like the world and then God have God's rest too. And let me tell you the difference. Here's the difference. I'm not talking about laziness when I say rest. But I am talking about the Lordship of Christ. There's many times that we expend. I said we now and I'm guilty. We expend energy for things that don't equal up to the Lordship of Christ. See, see, we might not give God his proper place on the front end, but we want God to heal us and to fix us on the back end after we've made a mess of it. And see, God's saying, listen, I have a place for rest for you. But if you rip and run in this chaotic world, you won't hear me. There's no way I can direct you and all that. And so what I'm saying to you today is, God, help us, us, to keep it simple. And when simple gets old, keep it simple, simple. When it gets mundane, and the latest thing comes out, just remember, God wants his proper place. And that God will walk us through life as we keep it simple with him. And I'll ask you some questions and we'll go. Here's a thought. Just simple questions that have to do with these three points. Keeping the main thing the main thing. People knowing Christ. Do you know him? A couple of weeks ago, I was thumbing through our Facebook responses. And I saw a name, and to this day... I do not know who that is. So the thought of that we're all together and we all know the Lord and everybody's accepted the Lord and there'll be nobody that's hearing today, whether in person or virtually, that doesn't know the Lord, I don't think that's realistic. But my point, I want to ask you very kindly, but pointed, do you know him? Hmm? Do you know him? Could you take me to the place where you got to know him? I've said this for years. I could take you to a little four-by-four church outside of Milledgeville, Georgia. We're on a Sunday night. The sanctuary is much smaller than this one. But I walked an aisle on a Sunday night because God was speaking to my heart, and I invited him to come into my life. That's where I began to know him. Not before then, but that night. Can you take me to that place? My point is God has called us to make sure that we know him. That's it. When you talk about the main thing, keep it simple. Do you know him? Then my next question is, if you know him, if you know him, if you got past that question, are you growing? Many times what we put growing into is what a preacher's telling me. And I'll tell you a great analogy that goes with that. If all that I'm doing in my growing with the Lord biblically and, and, and spending time with him is when I'm sermon prepar, uh, in sermon preparation, then I'm not growing much with the Lord. You with me? If all we're doing is this is all we're getting from the Lord and you don't have a daily walk with Him. And one of my best friends in the world says, if we, if we really knew the Lord and we really loved Him, we would chase Him. We would want to spend time with Him. I remember the courting days. And I'm telling you, we would, I'd do whatever Suzanne wanted to do just to spend time with her. Well, I think in growing with the Lord is time spent with Him and not allow all the chaotic stuff in this world but come back to that simple thing. So are, do you know Him? Are you growing? And thirdly, and I'm through. Are you showing him to others? There is something about that he comes in and resides in us. Listen to me. If Jesus is in us, then don't you think Jesus would come out of us in different facets of our life?
the darker it gets around us, the more people will see the light of God in our life. Thank you for listening to this broadcast from Lakeshore Church in Byram, Mississippi with Pastor Jay Frazier. We invite you to visit lakeshorecmc.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.